going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. It's Manic Conspiracy Monday, and you're watching The Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic. Homeroom is on Rumble. At all. Don't forget, at all. <laughs> at all. You just go to Rumble and you search the channels for The Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. Might mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, and it's free. I did it. You can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and X, formerly Twitter, and sometimes on YouTube. And that won't be today. Ooh, ooh, teach, teach, yes. teach. We need to get a vi- uh, I need an animation. I-, I need somebody picking up, you know, count from Sesame Street. So we're going to put him back up on his feet, set up a count. Get- <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad. Wouldn't that be good today if I was on donuts? <laughs> and he's not even on donuts today. In in my defense, I, I am possessed. Dr. Evil is living within me today. I, I feel sorry for you, audience, today. Because, just, oh. just let the man finish his intro. Okay. Then you can catch a podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify, and sometimes on BitChute. Uh, just look for The Road to Concord. You can go to the blog page, that's roadtoconcord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. And finally, you can email a professor at joe at the roadtoconcord.com. He's slow, but he'll eventually get around to emailing you back, hopefully, anyway. Phones are on today, but only for registered numbers. If you wish to call in and are a regular classmate, you may request phone access through an email, and I'll think about it. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Just warn them, Joe is an acquired taste. That means you got to get used to him. Uh, I'm not sure if I have yet. This show is listener-sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising, <clears throat> so we are not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we do ask for your participation on a value-for-value basis, if you find or show a value to you, you provide an equivalent portion donut of your labor and treasure basis. through the donut link on the Road to Concord blog page, show description on Rumble, and in the comments on the other streams. I made it. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie. <laughs> I, I had to. Dead. Natasha was being mean to me. Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. you soon realize we not might be the smartest, but we each independently, independently. form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. It's Manic Monday. <laughs> you know, the day that we take the headlines. But I was feeling conspiratorial. <laughs> Charlie has seen the, 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 the show outline for today. Could be fun, ain't it, Charlie? Yeah, it's going to be fun. So it, it like isn't the headlines, but this is how. Hey, hey you're going to get a lesson today. And how to become a conspiracy theorist. Unless, of course, you're a long-term classmate. In which case, then you're going to be going, I saw that! (laughs) (laughs) And no, I am not on donuts today. (sighs) I wish I was. Of course, one of your classmates said that it's Monday. It's supposed to be Cinnabon Day. Charlie! Cinnabon's on Monday from now on. Charlie's a good cook. He cooks the cinnamon rolls. We're going to get fatter than we already are. Anyhow, this is a real picture. 
It's the New York Times. It says in the headlines, conspiracy theories, real, imagined, and manufactured. Who would manufacture a conspiracy theory and put it in the headlines? <coughs> and Mockingbird. Uh, is, is that how Natasha would do it? So anyhow, I have a new slide for you today, boys and girls. Puzzle pieces. Doesn't look like anything, does it? Let's see if we could put a few of them together today before the day is over. Our first, you know, our first story today. Oh, by the way, if you go to your homework, you know, the road to concord.com right there. See, see, I put all of the stories for today up there for you today so that you can go back and find them later if you want to. But the very first one today is from this blog page, Coalition to Govern America. It's a blog page, right? It says, and it's um, published on Friday, the 22nd of February, 2019. It's RT.com or whatever, blah, 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 blah. It says, uh, it's being branded by uh, proponents as an attempt at transparency, but critics of the new law say the United States government just got the green light to use propaganda made for foreign audiences from the American public. Mm, I'm not going to read this whole thing because, you know, that's got to be a lie because these people said so, right? Yes. I, I, check your fact. You know, check checkyourfact.com or whatever. They said, fact check, did Barack Obama sign a law that allows the media to purposely lie to the American people? Well, let me see something here. Is being branded by proponents as an attempt at transparency, but critics of the new law say the United States government just got the green light to use propaganda. Wait a minute. This claim is that the government's going to use propaganda, but they're saying that this is uh, the media to purposely lie to America. Charlie, do you see a problem here? Uh, no, no, it's public, public private partnership. Yeah, but they're fact checking something that wasn't said. <clears throat> what, what are facts anyway? Yeah, well, anyhow, let's see what they say here. The verdict is false. The referenced law, the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2013, mentions nothing about making it legal for private media organizations to lie to the American people. That's true, but that's not the accusation. Anyhow, fact check. The claim that Obama signed a law making it perfectly legal for the media to purposely lie to the American people has circulated since at least 2019 and recently resurfaced on the social media related, does this photo show blah, 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 blah. It says, Thanks to Obama, it is perfectly legal for the media to purposely lie to the American people. Uh, let's stop right there for the moment. That's fallacious. That's not the claim. The claim is that he made it legal for the government to lie to the American people. The media has always had permission to lie to you. It's called the First Amendment. Yes. Come on, folks. You can print whatever you want, right? That, as long as it doesn't, you know, expose the people in our government for what they're really doing, then you're going to get silenced. But if, if you're lying to the American people in a way that suits their purposes, you can lie all you want. You didn't need a law to do that. That's the First Amendment. So this fact check is fact checking something that wasn't claimed. So they can say, see, we did it right. This is the claim. They made up the claim. He didn't say that. Well, yeah, I guess you're correct then, right? No, you're not because 
that was not the claim. But, you know, who gives a crap about that? Let's not be accurate with anything here. That would be logic and rational. Here's from the Daily Wire. Leaked Media Matters donor list reveals it is funded by Democrat mega donors. Yeah, but Joe, Media Matters has got nothing to do with this check your fact. No, it doesn't, but it is one of many interconnected and interrelated fact check organizations that is connected to Media Matters. And it is funded by the left. And this post here tells you that, and, and this is something I found in, interesting in this article here. This, Like I said, the Daily Wire by Spencer uh, Lidquist, January 5, 2024. It says, a leaked list of donors to Media Matters reveals that the self-proclaimed media watchdog is funded by some of America's largest Democratic donors. Media Matters, which is not required to disclose its donors due to its designation as a charity, how the heck is a propaganda arm allowed to register itself as a charity? Oh, my. Churches use this, too, and they they can actually kind of mask their funding and stuff. So you can we register ourselves as a charity here on the road to Concord? I've been thinking about seeing if we could register this as a 501c3. So that we're going to have to do this. We want to be, oh, we'll be a religious charity. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, we should do let's, that. Let's, let's look good into that. It appears to have accidentally identified five of its largest donors in a filing with the New Mexico Attorney General, the Washington Free Beacon, first reported. So goes over that. Some lady named Deborah Simon, the daughter of the blah, 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 blah. The Gill Foundation, another whatever, Bain Capital co-chairman, Joshua, Joshua Benkenstein. Eh, I, I don't really give a rat's rip about their donor list. It's there if you want to find it. The point here being, though, that most all of your fact-checking organizations are biased in favor of the left because the major media, and I'm not going to say mainstream media, the, pro, the primary, the dominant media in this country, they're left-wing propaganda mill for the deep state. So we're going to go to this article next. Oh, but first, got to do this for you. Nudge, nudge, nudge. Everybody nudge, 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 nudge. The little elephant won't move. Mama's going to nudge them. Nudge, nudge, nudge. So we'll go to this article. Does a new law make government propaganda legal? Now, this is May 24th, 2012. Glenn Beck is before the law was signed. Now, let's pay attention to what's actually being said here. This is where we're going to start to get a little serious, boys and girls. Since 1948, the Smith-Moot Act has prohibited United States citizens from accessing material used by the U.S. government in public diplomacy, meaning propaganda overseas. On Friday, the House representatives quietly passed a markup that amends the original Smith-Moot Act. The Smooth Mood, uh, Smith Mund Act, Modernize Act, Modernization Act, rather, is now part of the House's version of the National Defense Authorization Act. So we're talking about the same bill that Obama signed that's in the original accusations. Notice how the fact checkers are about to get embarrassed. We're going to pull their pants down live on national broadcast. We're actually international. Yes, we are. We've got several people overseas that listen to us. So we're international. So we're going to make news here. It says, critics on the left and right have come out against the act, charging that the changes made will allow for the distribution of U.S. government propaganda aimed at American citizens. Well, the fact checker said, no, you're not going to be allowed to lie to the American citizens in the mainstream media. That's not the charge. See, we've got two pieces now that that's never been the charge. 
So the fact checker changes the argument, straw man, and then fact checks it. Straw man and equivocation. That fact check piece was, by definition, boys and girls, propaganda from a mainstream media outlet. Which means you can lie to the American people and get away with it. (laughs) Ain't that cool? Logic's a mother. Anyhow. Hey, by the way, this is Glenn quoting. In a completely unrelated news, did you see last week that the Congress just passed in the dead of the night with no real discussion on this one? Why? There's no big deal. This new act for propaganda, Glenn said on the radio this morning. Yeah, they, the United States government, they were spending so much great money on propaganda, you know, on the United States overseas, that we put a law in 1948, no propaganda here, he continued. So you can't use government propaganda on American citizens. We put that in in 1948. We strengthened it in 1978. But the Congress has decided, yeah, we're going to reverse that. We're going to use propaganda here. In light of Glenn's recent insight into the connections between social media tools like Facebook and the White House, these changes to Smith Moot are all the more alarming. Remember, this is before we knew that Facebook was going to get involved in meddling with elections. He says, wow. Wouldn't it be cool if you had Facebook and you had Cass Sunstein, nudge, 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 who believed you could infiltrate groups and you could manipulate groups and you could manipulate public opinions, Glenn asked. If you just had an asset like Facebook, wouldn't that be good? I'm sure that's not what's going on. I'm sure that's not what's going on. I'm sure that's exactly what's going on. Now, let me explain to you, boys and girls, how this works. They did not give the government permission to use taxpayer money to use propaganda on you and I. They gave the government permission to allow you to have access to the propaganda designed for people overseas. But with the great little internet and these little sinky things here called cell phones, everybody thinks globally now. So now, if I want to send government propaganda to you, I aim it at the overseas people even though the audience is you. And I give you access to the propaganda meant for overseas consumption. So I've hit my target without breaking the law. Charlie, is that not how nudge works? You've heard the book, right? Yeah, very good Pharisees. I mean... uh... Yes, you're right. Very good Pharisees. Now, have I not just explained exactly how nudge would work on this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they passed a law that they can say with good faith, we're not using propaganda on you. We didn't do that. We just gave you access to the propaganda. We're, we're aiming at overseas people. And then they just write the overseas propaganda to be aimed at you. Because we don't need to propaganda the overseas people anymore. We've already succeeded there. This is why George Soros has left Europe. Mission accomplished. Got to come back home and work on the last of the people there. Conspiracy theory, right, Charlie? Conspiracy, yes. Theory. It's thin, man. It's anorexic, to quote Riggs and Murtaugh. But, you know, Trixie or whatever her name is, her house is about to blow up. So anorexic, yeah, real thin, real thin. Yeah. Anyhow, if you don't get the popular culture references, you're not old enough, which is why our AI doesn't get half of our references. That's what happens when you're created in the middle dead of the night by Charlie when he's when he's, he's sleep drunk, you know, you're, you're relatively new AI. So, but you know, you're AI, you're supposed to be able to catch up with these things. I don't know. It's one of these Mondays, folks. Confused AI noises. 
I have another piece of the puzzle, boys and girls. Let's see what I got this time. <gasps> Shh. Confessions. You know, we're going to get some sordid details and secrets now, right? Oh, Joy Behar reaches new low. I told you all you would see this one again. Remember earlier this week when I told you you'd see this one again? Well, we're going to see it again. Joy Behar reaches new low, admits she doesn't believe voters should choose who is president. Okay. Leftists are experts at being political. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. This is by Rachel M. Emanuel from the Western Journal on January 4th, 2024. Leftists are experts being politically correct. Well, that's because they invented it. This is, but the filters they use for the rest of the world seem to constantly malfunction when it comes to former President Donald Trump anyway. On Tuesday, The View co-host Joy Behar let her true feelings show when co-host Sarah Haynes suggested that Colorado and Maine's decisions to remove the former president from the ballot could give the appearance of a rigged election. No, not appearance. That's exactly what it would be. I actually agree with the Governor Gavin Newsom and David Axelrod. These are Democrats, leading Democrats, that say this would really cause a division that's almost insurmountable, Haynes said. So what are you saying, Behar responded, rudely interrupting Haynes. says, I don't think the Supreme Court is going to hold this. Yeah, they just took it up, Haynes said, trying to finish her point despite the interruption. I think they're going to return it, and it won't just be originalists. I bet it's going to be a 9-0 to vote. So you think they should leave it to the voters, Behar asked? Which, technically, that's democracy, right? I think they should leave it to the voters, Haynes responded. Oh, no, Behar moaned, revealing the usual unspoken point of view of many leftists. The American people are too dumb to be allowed to vote for the candidate of their choice. Well, the left would never say that, except we've actually read in the past where you know, founders of the progressive movement have pretty much said exactly that. We'll be revealing one of those quotes momentarily. Stay tuned. In the decision to kick Trump off the ballot, the Colorado Supreme Court and Maine Secretary of State cited Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, which prohibits those who have engaged in insurrection from holding office. Trump has appealed both decisions. Nobody, and I mean nobody, not a single soul, has been charged with insurrection since January 6th. Nobody, not one. I thought an insurrection took place. Then why aren't they charging them with insurrection? Hint, they would not be able to make that case in a court of law. Even as corrupt as we are today, they would not be able to make that case in a court of law. Well, if it was an insurrection, why can't they make the case? Uh, Yes, exactly. If it were an actual insurrection, they would not be able to make the case. They haven't charged anybody with insurrection because they can't make the case. Do the math, boys and girls. It wasn't an insurrection, and everybody knows it. But the Steele dossier was a product of Hillary Clinton's campaign. But we all know that it was the Russians colluding with Trump, right? Just like Sarah Palin said she could see Russia from her back door. Yeah, yeah, whatever. As Haynes rightly pointed out, if Trump is not allowed on the ballot, the martyrdom will be one step more. We have a nation that doesn't believe in democracy, doesn't believe in voting, Haynes said. Everyone that loses says it was rigged and failed. I think this will create a visual to people that this was a rigged election. If you're telling people who they can and cannot vote for before they even get to vote, that, by definition, is a rigged election. Behar disagreed, saying that she believed the law will stand. If you're not going to follow an amendment, 
then why don't we have Taylor Swift run for president? Behar said, well, Taylor Swift can run for president. But what's that got to do with the price of tea in China? That right there is called a non sequitur. And we are following the amendment. He was not charged with sedition or insurrection. And he hasn't been convicted of it. So as far as the Constitution's concerned, he's innocent. Remember, innocent until proven guilty. If you're not going to follow the Constitution, why worry about an amendment? Behar's unfiltered comments distills the essence of the top-down, we-know-best liberalism. That's progressivism in a nutshell, folks. Self-appointed elites. Intellectual elites. Behar thinks she's smarter than us. Hint, Ms. Behar, you're a mental moron. Did I say that? You want me to reach the definition? Meant moron. There's a definition for it. Behar probably doesn't quite meet the definition. I think she probably has an IQ higher than 80, but not by much. Yes, that's actually a word, folks. Look it up. Moron is a psych psychological word for a certain IQ range. Didn't know that, did you? Huh. Dig into it. And this is um, Behar's unfiltered comments distill the essence of uh, we know best liberalism. Her instinct is to keep voters from making what she perceives as the wrong choice by forcibly taking away their ability to choose. That's progress. That is that not nudge, Charlie? That's nudge, isn't it? Uh, that's more shove, but yes. Yes, but I mean that's nudge theory. Yes. 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 Yeah, that's absolutely. Yep. And before we get to the end of the day, we will see the proverbial shoot. It's no wonder that conservatives, a group of people who fiercely believe in individual liberty, have flocked to Trump, a man who refuses to let their opinions or speech be managed or manipulated, his opinion or whatever. Even historically, liberal groups like black voters are waking up to the manipulation and turning away from the Democratic Party. If Behar is frustrated, she only has people like herself to blame. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with this opinion piece. Okay. What else do we have going on here? I see a firefly on the board. What firefly do I have? Oh, I told you we would see this. The public must be put in its place so that it may exercise its own powers. If I put you in your place, how is that exercising your own powers? But, but no less, and perhaps even more, so that each of us may live free of the trampling and roar of the bewildered herd. Walter Lippmann hero of American journalism. Huh? Let, let's make a little sense out of this. Okay, boys and girls, <clears throat> Professor Bakanovic is going to put on his progressive to English filter for you and translate. The public must be put in its place because it's stupid. It doesn't know what's best for it so that it may exercise its own powers. I'm going to put you in your place so then I can allow you to vote. You know, your power, power to vote. I can't let you vote. I can't let you exercise your power to vote and speak your mind until you've been put in your place. I got to put you in a box, a gilded cage where you don't realize you're in the cage so that I can let you pretend that you're exercising your own power. So that more importantly, each of us, the self-appointed elite, the ruling class will be free of the trampling of the roar and bewildered herd. In other words, we can't actually allow them to really have democracy I got to put you in your place before I let you vote. Otherwise, democracy might overrule us and we'd lose our position in the upper end of society. There, properly translated. It's not what he said, Joe. Do you speak progressive fluently? I do. I think I've proven that now. That's exactly what he just said. Be good slaves. Yeah. Read Phantom Menace. 
And you'll understand that that's exactly what he just said, because that's where this quote comes from. The book by Walter Lippmann, Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace is you, the public. Exactly. Yes. And he's talking about using the press to keep you in place. It's exactly what's going on there. I've read the book, so I know how to speak progressive ease. I've learned the language. I'm pretty darn good at it. So if I do say so myself. <laughs> All right. Another firefly. Oh, Charlie, did you see this coming? I, I, I didn't see. Oh, yeah. Propaganda. Name calling. This is use derogatory language or words that carry a negative connotation when describing an enemy. Attempt to arouse prejudice among the public by labeling the target something that the public dislikes. Like Sleepy Joe. Folks, boys and girls, if you're a Trump fan, you're a MAGA person, Trump is good at this. He is very good at name calling. Oh, yeah, he does that all the time. Yep. So congratulations. You on the left, you progressives, you're it. Oh, wait a minute. Not so innocent. This is the New York Daily News. Tomorrow's front page, dawn of the brain dead. Trump comes back to life with the New Hampshire win. This is from back in the original primaries back in the 2016 election. And clown comes back to life with New Hampshire win as mindless zombies turn out in droves. That's another admission. If you're a Trump supporter, the left thinks you're a mindless zombie. So both sides do it. Name calling. Nothing new. Puzzle piece. What do we got here? Oh, oh this is the this is the smartest, best informed account of what actually happened on January 6th. Representative Higgins tells Truck uh, Tucker, rather, Tucker Carlson, all about undercover agents involved in January 6th. There's a video. If you are a member of this class, this should be mandatory viewing for you today. At some point today, you need to go watch this video. But anyhow, Congressman Clay Higgins sat down with an interview with uh, for an interview with Tucker Carlson. Tucker um, said Higgins, a former police officer, provided the best informed account of what actually happened on January 6th in 2021. Recall that in 2022, Representative Higgins asked the FBI if they had confidential human sources, CHS, dressed as Trump supporters embedded within the January 6th protesters. FBI Director Chris Wray obfuscated and told Higgins that the FBI confidential human sources did not instigate or orchestrate January 6th. That is not an answer. That's not what he was asked. Did you have them in the, cr in the crowd? He answered a question that was not asked. Representative Higgins told Tucker government officials, feds, military, etc., lured Trump supporters into the Capitol on January 6, 2021. That is by definition entrapment. You get to walk free when you're entrapped. That's because the government's not allowed to do that. So Higgins said of the feds, they were sort of testing the waters to see who amongst the group would begin acknowledging and maybe we should do that. Maybe we should plan for an occupation like that. In other words, they were looking for somebody that they could manipulate. On the inside, you had FBI assets dressed as Trump supporters who knew their way around the Capitol before the doors opened. Or else, how are you going to get around the Capitol, Higgins said. You've been there many times. You need a guide. In other words, the Capitol's confusing place. I've been there. Yes, he's correct about this. Without a guide, you don't know where to go. And if you've seen the videos, the crowd knew exactly where it was going. Higgins. Well, it, heck, it, some of them were escorted by police officers. Yes, exactly. 
Higgins said, explaining its maze inside the Capitol. So there's no way Americans, most of which have never been to the Capitol, there's no way they could come in some random door that gets open and then get their way directly to the statute, uh, statutory of the House chamber or the Senate chambers. It's just not, it's not possible. And he's correct about that, folks. It would take you hours to wander around and find where you're wanting to go. Higgins estimated that at least 200 FBI assets were operating in the crowd of Trump supporters at the Capitol on January 6th. There's the video you want to watch. It's right there. It says the Gateway Pundit has reported numerous times on suspected federal agents, Ray Epps, who infiltrated the January 6th crowd, who wasn't charged with insurrection and got six months. Why isn't he in jail for the next six years with no habeas corpus languishing where nobody could, because he was a government agent? Okay, and I bet you he doesn't even do the six months. Michael Waller, a senior analyst for strategy at the Center for Security Policy, specializing in propaganda, political warfare, psychological warfare, and subversion, said he was at the Capitol on January 6th and witnessed plainclothes militants, militant aggressive men in Donald Trump and MAGA gear at a front police line at the base of temporary presidential inaugurational platform. Agent provocateurs. Scattered groups of men exhorting the marchers to gather closely and tightly toward the center of the outside of the Capitol building and prevent them from leaving. Fake Trump protesters. A few young men wearing Trump and MAGA hats backward who did not fit into the rest of the crowd in terms of their actions and demeanor, whom I presumed to be Antifa or other leftist agitators. Stop right there. I know how this works. You know why the hats were on backwards? That's a sign to each other who you are. I, I, I've actually been involved in situations where you do things like this. You dress like the group you're going to go in and you wear something that's indicative of them in a way that identifies you to your own people. It's like the California, uh, the, the New York police, they'll wear color of the day when they're undercover, undercover cops will all be wearing the color of the day so that they can identify each other. That's part of your briefing in the morning. This is something they don't tell the public very often. It's public knowledge, but they don't stress it in police shows and all that often so that you don't know what's going on. They don't want you to know. So whoever's reporting this, this guy, Michael Waller, he's reporting things that I would expect. And if you watch the videos, the crowd was screaming, fed, 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 an infiltrator. The crowd knew that they were not, that these people were not part of them. Finally, disciplined, uniformed column of attackers, a column of organized, disciplined men wearing similar but not identical camouflage uniforms and black gear, some with helmets and GoPro cameras, or wearing subdued Punisher skull patches, another form of what's called light force, you know, uh, friendly force identification. It said Antifa terrorists also infiltrated the Capitol protest. We know that. That was actually reported in the news on that day. Trump supporters were blamed for all of the violence and chaos at the Capitol on January 6th, but according to a former FBI agent, Antifa terrorists infiltrated the Trump rally. Via investigative reporters Paul Sperry, former FBI agent on the ground at the U.S. Capitol, just texted me and confirmed that at least one busload of Antifa thugs infiltrated peaceful Trump demonstrators as part of a false Trump flags op. There's his tweet. This is breaking. Former FBI agents at the group at the U.S. Capitol just texted me and confirmed. And it's a quote that we've already gotten there. Folks, that makes this a false flag attack. Black Swan event. It was manufactured on purpose, intentionally. We've got all the evidence you need. We're never allowed to bring this to a court of law for a final finding. You know why? Because 
guess who's going to end up caught up in the dragnet if you actually do this in a court where people can look into what is and isn't real law. And that's assuming you have a fair court. This is ugliness in this country. But this story gives me a firefly. Firefly? Yes. The propagandist purpose is to make one set of people forget that a certain other sets of people are human. So the left is not going to consider the right human anymore. We're just a bunch of animals. We're irrational. You know, we're mind-dead zombies, remember? Remember the poster I just showed you? We're just brain-dead zombies. We're not human. And we do the same thing. The, The right does the same thing to the left. They're not human, which sets off another firefly. Never let a crisis go to waste. Saul Alinsky. Never waste a good crisis. Hillary Clinton. You never let a serious crisis go to waste. And what I mean by that is, it's an opportunity to do things you think you could not do before. Rahm Emanuel, Obama's buddy. I tried to find it. I didn't find it right away, but I know that there's a quote by Goebbels. He said the war allowed us to do things we wouldn't otherwise have been able to do. Talking about World War II and the Nazis. Propaganda. It was a crisis. Never let a good crisis go to waste. Winston Churchill. So, see, this idea is not new, folks. And some of the people you might think of as heroes have said it. John F. Kennedy said, when written in Chinese, the word crisis is composed of two characters. One represents danger. The other represents opportunity. Well, that Chinese character, the, the word for China, in Chinese for crisis is ancient. So, man has understood this. People who seek to control you, tyrants, folks who want power over you have recognized what a crisis is for a long time. So the pandemic represents a rare but narrow window of opportunity to reflect, reimagine, and reset our world. Klaus Schwab. So you understand what I'm getting at here? The people who want to rule over you, your would-be masters, see a crisis as an opportunity to do what you ordinarily would not allow them to do. How? By harnessing fear. Danger. Fear. Charlie, I need a little help, brother. If I push a political agenda through the deliberate use of fear, or even the fortuitous use of fear, that's form and function. What's the word? You know? What word is defined as the deliberate use of fear to achieve a political oh, goal? That would be terrorism. There you go. That's what this is. Is that not by definition? Yeah, that's yeah. true. So you have to take this experimental jab because you're going to die. Yeah. And I get to force it on you because if you don't, you're trying to kill your neighbor. Yeah. So your neighbor, who's even more afraid than you are, now supports the agenda of forcing you to get jabbed against your will. Or you'll lose your job. Is that not nudge? That's show, but yes. Oh no! In this case, that's shoot. But well, yeah. They uh, knew yeah, the jabs yeah, are going to well, kill that's people. Really true. Yeah. This is. I told you yeah, we'd get to shoot and shove, yeah. didn't I? Yeah. yeah. There we are. Y'all see it? Does it make sense? Or am I twisting this, Charlie? Am I twisting this to make it fit my narrative, or am I just aware of more than the average person? I don't see it being twisted. I mean it. Pretty much 
Yeah, but he didn't just say that he it. he didn't say he was going to use the pandemic to take over the world. He said it just gives him a chance to reimagine and reset our world. Reset our world. What does that mean? It means to remake your world. <laughs> I mean, reset. That's that's pretty major. Did we elect him? Um, no. So I guess we don't have a democracy after all, do we? No, doesn't yeah. matter anyway. Thanks, Charlie. That was useful. Folks, how about these two quotes? In times of crisis, people are generally blind to everything outside their immediate necessities. Albert Einstein, The World as I See It, 1949. Pay attention to this next one, folks. This is one of the progressives I'm aware of that you very rarely hear about because nobody pays attention to him. Nobody knows his name. This is one of the hidden hands behind the scenes. Any fool can tell a crisis when it arrives. The real service to the state is to detect it in embryo. Isaac Asimov, Foundation, 1951. What's he talking about? I get to see the crisis coming so I know how to use it. Well, what if I don't have a crisis coming? Well, get ready, boys and girls. We're going to say it at the end of this one. The good leader has the ability to look past what is, past the way things have always been, and see what could be if the present way of doing things no longer existed. And the good leader does whatever is necessary to achieve that end goal. He just does whatever is necessary to make his dream into reality. To this end, all of society and every individual in it are nothing more than the clay in which this good leader works to reshape the world into whatever he has envisioned. Say it with me, boys and girls. Woodrow freaking Wilson. Now, Charlie, need a little help, brother man. Is there anything biblical in the language he just used there? Do you recognize the Bible in any of this? Who is good? What did yeah, Jesus say about that? Well, there's no one good except Yahweh himself. Right. Now, this is original. The, the good in quotations, that's his handwriting. That's Wilson's. He did that. This is original. So the good leader. There's no one good but Yahweh. Is this idea that you are just clay in the hand of the good leader? Is that not language of the scriptures? Oh, yeah. Now, he is implying that he's a good leader because he knows to do this. Who is he comparing himself to? To God. Have I not told you these people think they're gods? They do. do is that not apparent in that language once you know what you're looking for? As you like to say, form and function define. And that's what he just did. He invoked passages, allusions to the scriptures that apply to Yahweh. Only Yahweh. Even Yeshua said the only one good is the Father. Hmm. Told you these people will tell you who they are. You just got to learn to speak progressive. I have another puzzle piece for you folks. It's starting to get good. Oops. Sorry about that, Charlie. <laughs> I'll dump you out of there and we'll get back. There's a crisis just ahead. How do I know? This is the conspiracy theory part today, boys and girls. Democrats have labeled Trump and his allies as anti-democracy ahead of January 6th anniversary. So we'll go back to our homework here and we'll scroll through this. It says, meanwhile, Trump allies said Biden endangers democracy 
by targeting critics, activists, concerned parents, and his main political opponents. First things first, let's bring out the logic book here. Is the United States a democracy? Well, we're not supposed to be. We are now. We are now, unfortunately. Which is why they want to get rid of the Electoral Congress. Why do you go to a democracy? Which political ideology always seizes power through democracy? Communism. Communism. Jimmy Zinker, we're in your wheelhouse today, brother. (laughs) This is how communists always come to power. Because if you are still trying to be, if you're a good communist and you're operating in a healthy republic, you'll never be able to seize power. This is why the very first thing the progressives did was make it where you directly elect the president now, rather than the way it used to be done. And then they made it so that you directly elect your senators rather than the way it used to be done. So our article here is by Alan Zong, January 5th, 2024. Remember, this is from the Epoch Times. The Epoch Times is a bunch of anti-communist, freedom-loving Chinese folks. The Democratic Party spread a memo labeling President Donald Trump, his allies, and other Republican presidential candidates as anti-democracy days before January 6th anniversary. Folks, the language right there, that's loaded language, pure classic propaganda, demonize my opponent and then make it such that they are a threat to you. So now you're supposed to be scared of Trump and his supporters because they're going to do away with your democracy. You're not a democracy, so the people telling you this are lying to you to begin with. The memo by Democratic National Committee, DNC Communication Director Rosemary Boiling, yeah, I think that's Bowling, largely targeted House Speaker Mike Johnson, uh, Republican Louisiana, a hardcore Trump ally for his efforts in seeking election integrity after the 2020 election. So you're anti-democracy because you want to make sure the election is run without any tan. You want to make sure that nobody can cheat and nobody does cheat. And that makes you anti-democracy. Somebody do the math on that for me real quick. What does that mean? This lady actually is. She's a cheater. Otherwise she'd be on board to help representative Johnson, but she's going to oppose him and label him anti-democracy because by, by, you know, she, he's trying to strengthen election integrity. In other words, he's trying to close the loopholes that we Democrats have written into our election process so that we can cheat more easily. And we know the Republicans do it too. Republicans have been caught. It's just that the Republicans are the only ones that have had their elections overturned for cheating. Democrats have not yet. That should tell you something about the system, which side it leans to. Article continues, Mr. Johnson led over 100 House Republicans in filing an amicus brief to support the Texas lawsuit challenging the election results in Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, Wisconsin, and the Supreme Court of the United States in December 2020. In the failed attempt, Texas asked the Supreme Court to stop the four states from certifying the results of the 2020 presidential election. In all four cases, it wasn't because of ballot tampering. It's because all four states broke their own laws. And the states, other states do have a right to do that. If, if the states are going to violate their own laws in an election, to certify what is then, by definition, an invalid election that does affect the other states in the union because you're choosing a president rather than allowing the people to do it according to the federal law. So those states had very good reason to do this. And when the court rejected their appeal, the court went rogue. The court should have upheld that complaint. They didn't. President Trump reportedly called Mr. Johnson after the filing, 
President Trump called me this morning to let me know how much he appreciated the amicus brief we are filing on behalf of members of Congress. Indeed, this is the big one, Mr. Johnson wrote in a social media post at the time. Besides, Mr. Johnson, the Democratic Party memo also attacked Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, Trump's rivals in the coming Republican primary. Election denialism is the defining litmus test for the GOP presidential field, Mrs. Bowling wrote in the memo. In other words, we are not going to allow a Republican candidate that denies the 2020 election. Has anybody proved that the 2020 election was legitimate yet? No. Have we had any formal legal findings of hanky-panky in the 2020 election? Oh, yes, we have. Why haven't you heard about it? Because the media is under the state control and the state's the one that stole the election and they don't want you to know about it. That's why. That's what Occam's Razor would tell me. Because the stories are out there if you'll take the time to dig for them. But you got to do that. you got to dig for them. The Democratic Party alleged that denying the 2020 election results will cost the Republicans in 2024. Oh, yeah? Predictive programming already, folks. So that when they lose, the Democrats will say, see, it was because it wasn't because we cheated again. It's because everybody else hated the Republicans for denying the election. Let me ask you a very simple question, folks. If you won with 81 million votes, if you're Biden and the Democrats and you won with 81 million votes, 5 million more than, than Trump got, what are you worried about? Why does this bother you? The only reason this, this should bother you is because you stole the election and you need popular support to keep it. It'd be interesting if we had somebody like, oh, I don't know, a presidential candidate who won the election, but before the election even happened, told us that that's, oh, wait a minute, we do have a presidential candidate who told us he didn't need our vote to win because they had the largest campaign finance and electoral you know, vote fraud system in the history of man that he would only need our support after he stole the election. We do have somebody who said that. Literally, Joe Biden. We have the video. It's actually still in our files too. We could bring it up if we want. We have it. He did say that three times, three different occasions. He put those pieces together. And now after he said that, and after the election, if we look back on it, what we've been able to determine since then, that's exactly what happened. If the man tells you that's what's going on and that's what ends up happening and all the evidence supports that he was telling you the truth, what do you do with that? Coming on the board from Clay Toller, they will never allow the people to pick the president again. Exactly. You're not going to have another fair and free election anymore. They're over. They're done. So if you are in a democracy that has rigged elections, what do we usually call that? Charlie, you got any idea? What word would you call that? Well, I would call that uh, anarchy. but it's, it's a form of tyranny. <laughs> it, it is. Now, what political ideology is famous for doing this? Um, communism, socialism. Yeah, all secular humanist governments. <sighs> you know, but I'm told that I'm a pessimist. Oh, well. The article continues. It says, we have never seen a slate of Republican presidential hopefuls openly and repeatedly undermining our national democratic institutions like this before. And with Trump leading the way, election denialism has been a litmus test for the extreme Republican. Does everybody see the loaded language in this statement? This is propaganda. Extreme Republican primary with candidates like Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis, who are both have ex exposed themselves as firmly in the Republican camp. 
They're traditional Republicans, what you would call rhinos. Falling in line to erode our democracy. The MAGA Republicans in this race should remember that election denialism has been repeatedly rejected by the voters at the ballot box. No, it hasn't. And it will be again in 2024. That right there is predictive programming, folks. So when they steal it, they'll be able to tell you, see, we told you this would happen. It's predictive programming. You're being told that the election is going to be stolen again. Serafina Chica, DNC, National Press Secretary, and said it a separate statement, blah, 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 blah. There's a piece in here by John Solomon. More attacks are on the way. Democrats are using the anniversary of January 6th to accuse President Trump and his allies of acting against democracy. More political attacks are expected in the coming days. In an opinion piece published The Atlantic on Friday, former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi said that the threat to democracy is real, present, and urgent. Blah, 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 blah. And then we have the next piece. This is um, very similar. This is from Legal Insurrection, post by Mike Lachance. It's uh, Saturday, January 6, 2024. Joe Biden's Valley Forge speech about Trump's threat to our democracy was was as awful as you expect. Biden had the nerve to say democracy is on the ballot as his party tries to remove Trump from multiple state ballots. It's not just Trump. They're trying to remove other Republicans as well. Joe Biden's speech in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, was supposed to happen on the anniversary of January 6th, but was bumped up a day to Friday, perhaps because Biden didn't want to interface with his next weekend off in Delaware, interfere with his next week off weekend off in Delaware. The speech was just as awful as you might expect, unable to run on the economy, foreign policy, or any other achievement. Biden has decided to run on the premise that Trump is a threat to democracy and that he and he alone can save America from the former president. Biden's going to save us. That guy right there isn't even Joe Biden. Notice the attached earlobe. That's not Joe Biden. That's an imposter right there, folks. That is not Joe Biden. You go back to when he was real young and he was still in the, in the Senate early on in his, his can He does not have attached earlobes. Now he does. This is not Joe Biden. Here, and if you don't understand that, look that up. That's in another one of our conspiracy theory shows. You'll find that on your homework. That is an actual physical fact. Your ears are like a fingerprint. This man is not Joe Biden. I can say that with 100% certainty. That man in that picture, not Joe Biden. He's part of the, here's part of the transcript via the Associated Press. In the winter of 1777, it was harsh and cold as the Continental Army marched to Valley Forge. General George Washington knew he faced the most daunting of tasks to fight and win a war against the most powerful empire in existence in the world at the time. His mission was clear. Liberty, not conquest. Freedom, not domination. National independence, not individual glory. America made a vow. Never again would we bow down to a king. Today, we're here to answer the most important question. Is democracy still America's sacred cause? And I mean it. Stop. That is not what the founding fathers said that they were doing. They rejected democracy vehemently, staunchly, in very harsh words. They said that their goal was to find out whether or not man can rule himself. And they did that through a representative republic, which is not a democracy. At the time that the Constitution was ratified, the only federal position that you and I could vote for was our representative. Everything else was selected by the states. We were not, never have been, we're never intended to be a democracy. 
this is a lie. And it's meant to get you scared and fearful. His speech continued. This is not rhetorical. Yes, it is. Academic or hypothetical. Whether democracy is still as America's sacred cause is the most urgent question of our time. Never been our cause. And it was what the 2024 election is all about. No, it isn't. It is about whether or not we are going to seize back liberty on the individual level or allow ourselves to go quietly into the night. The choice is clear. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America, and not you. Biden, you're not about America either. You've already said you don't work for us. I have you on the campaign trail telling voters you don't work for the American people. So who the hell do you work for, Mr. Biden? It's not us. You've said so with your own mouth. So don't be talking about Donald Trump. And my audience knows that I'm not a big Trump supporter. But I'm dang sure anti-dadgum secular humanist dictator when I see it. And whoever that man is, he's committing a federal offense right there. This is a felony when he speaks on the name in the person of Joe Biden. He's impersonating the president. That man needs to be arrested. You can arrest this man. You don't have to impeach him. He's not Joe Biden. Donald Trump's campaign is about him, not America. We might get ourselves removed from Facebook for this. Donald Trump's campaign is obsessed with the past, not the future. He's willing to sacrifice our democracy, put himself in power, not the future. Forward! Got to worry about the future. That's a very progressive policy. The founding fathers, on the other hand, said we have no light by which to guide our feet into the future, but the past. How do you give a speech invoking the name of the founding fathers while rejecting everything the founding fathers said and invoking everything that the secular humanists say? You know how you get away with that? Because the American people have been made dumb, ignorant. You get away with lying to people out in the open by making it impossible for them to know the truth from a lie and, and taking away any knowledge of what that truth may be. And then you gaslight the snot out of them and tell them that what they remember didn't happen. Or forget to remind them of what actually happened. You lie to them, you propagandize them, using their money to the point where they don't know when the up's up and down is down. Remember the CIA? When nothing the American people believe is true, we will have achieved our goal. Head of the CIA said that. How much of what the American people believe today is true? And if you are still clinging to the truth, the popular mind of this country thinks you're the conspiracy nut. I have a little news flash for you. It's a biblical truth. Only those who possess the spirit recognize truth, capital T truth. The spirit is truth. If the spirit is not dealing with you, wrestling with you, I'm not saying you're saved yet, but I'm saying if the spirit has not wrestling with you, trying to get you to come to the father and the son, you will not recognize capital T truth. And the scripture tells us that the remnant is always small. It suggests in several passages, no old and new Testament, that the remnant is one-tenth part. That's not one-tenth part of humanity. That's one-tenth part of those who claim to be believers. Those who claim to be believers, the scripture tells us, is roughly one-third. 
So we're talking about one-tenth part of one-third of all humans on earth are going to actually hear and call the capital T truth, are going to hear that. So as society becomes more and more as the days of Noah, where everybody does what they think is right in their own eyes, you do realize that that's another way of saying 2 Thessalonians 2. The person who says in their own heart that I am God, I can make up my own rules. In the heart of the believer, 2 Thessalonians 2 is about people who claim to be believers, not the lost. The heart of the, uh, the heart of those who do not believe that, that, that Yahweh does not reside in their in their heart. Just enough spark to call you is in you. He's not living in you. Because if he was, you wouldn't be a pagan, a non-believer. You'd be called to the Father. So this capital T truth, this real truth, objective reality. That's connected to the Holy Spirit, to the Son. And if he's not wrestling with you, you can't see it. It's not possible. So what's happening right now is those who are of the Father are naturally exposing themselves. Because if you truly align with the Father, you cannot watch all this crap and remain silent. To watch lies asserted as truth and remain silent. The truth, I am the truth, the way, and the life. The truth is the sun. If you will remain silent while the sun is being maligned, you are refusing to stand up for and witness and acknowledge the sun. And what does the sun say he will do when judgment day comes? If you refuse to acknowledge him, he will not acknowledge you in front of his father. If you're a believer... That should scare the bejeebers out of you. Does it? I don't know. That's for you to answer. We got more. See you in six minutes when we come back.
okay, y'all back in your chairs yet, man? Break time's over. We got to get going, man. It's still a lot of fun, 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 fun. A lot of playtime left. Okay, real quick. Something I was just discussing with Charlie here. If you're new to the road to Concord and you're thinking, okay, conspiracy theory, all of this stuff is just, you know, I selected these stories and put them in this way on purpose to tell my narrative. You know, I'm, I'm selectively editing. If a long-term classmate is here, they'll know that that's not what's happening. But if you're new, you might think that's what I did. No. I already had this picture in my head a long time ago. I selected the stories because they fit the picture I already see. And I put the stories in the proper order to tell the narrative I wanted to tell. Yes, but that's because they they fit. I expected these stories. There are a lot of things that are happening that I'm expecting, not specifically, not like I'm some sort of clairvoyant. Okay, this story is going to be printed and it's going to say blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'm expecting things of this type. I'm expecting stories and events of the type we're seeing. I've been expecting them for a long time. There's not a whole lot that's surprising me about what's going on in the world right now. There's a reason for it. I've already done the math. I've done the research. I've done the proverbial math. I've calculated the velocity of the vectors. I've listened to these people. I take them at their word. I hold it up against scripture. I know what direction we're heading. I know what's coming in general terms. So if you are watching the show today and you're fairly new to our class and you think this is all just hooey, ask one of the long-term classmates in the comment section if these fireflies don't fit with something else we've gone over. Every time you see me put a firefly up, We've had an entire class on that idea at some point in the past. And we've gone over and explained it in great detail and gave people the threads that they could pull for themselves. That that's what the firefly is. It's it's this class's way of saying, hey, we've done over, we've been over this before. Y'all boys and girls remember this? So what happens is over a while, over time, these fireflies start connecting like a connect the dots picture, and they start pointing in a direction. And that's what they're here for. So now you're going to see this one from now on. You're going to start seeing this picture, puzzle pieces. This is a piece of the bigger puzzle. Remember this class? Predictive programming continues. We did a class on predictive programming. This is where the proverbial they, in this case, the media, tells you something in advance of making sure it happens. What? What? What do you mean making sure? Yes. In other words, they're going to do this to you and they know this is coming, but they're going to get you used to it ahead of time so that when it happens, you'll think, oh yeah, all they told us that was going to happen. So you won't put the dots together. They don't want you connecting the dots. They want you doing what they want you to do. They don't want you waking up. They do not want you red-pilled. They want you blue-pilled. Y'all understand the references here. So here's our next story. This is from the Blaze Media, which, by the way, is no longer connected to Glenn Beck, which makes this a suspect news source in my world. But CBS Talking Head floats the possibility of a black swan event in 2024. This is by Joseph McKinnon, December 26, 2023. CBS News Face the Nation held a roundtable on Christmas Eve, affording various talking heads an opportunity to make predictions for 2024. While most of the predictions were relatively banal, one among them stood out, prompting critics to puzzle over its possible significance. Critics, that's because you're ignorant. If you knew what you were listening to, this would have set off every alarm bell in your head. 
Network correspondent Catherine Herridge, the wife of a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Air Force. Charlie, wouldn't you like to know what command he's attached to and what he does? Suggested that 2024 may be the year of a black swan event. This is a national security event with high impact that's very hard to predict. If you're an intelligence community type of person, high impact is code for it's going to rock your world like 9-11, boys and girls. Statisticians and former options trader Nassim Nicholas Talib uh, popularized the term black swan event in his 2007 book, The Black Swan. Talib defined the term thusly. This is how the person who coined the term says this is what it means. First, it's an outlier, as in it lies outside the realm of regular expectations because nothing in the past can convincingly point to the possibility. Second, it carries an extreme impact. Third, in spite of its outlier status, human nature makes us concoct explanations for its occurrence after the fact, making it explainable and predictable. Oh, there is a lot in that definition, boys and girls. This is a fallacious definition. What? He coined it, Joe. It can't be fallacy. Yes, it can be. This definition was specifically constructed to aim and shape you. It makes it explainable after the fact. Another, what this part here, third, in spite of its outlier status, human nature makes it conco- uh, makes us concoct explanations. In other words, you create conspiracy theories. So 9-11 was just what it seemed to be, boys and girls. It wasn't a conspiracy. Yes, actually it was. Not in the way most people think, but it was. We've covered that in a show here. So the second point here is it carries extreme impact. Yes, that's the only thing that's going to be true. But the first one here, that it ha- there's nothing in the past that could predict this is going to happen? Well, t- let's go to the next paragraph. The September 11, 2001 terrorist attacks, the rise of the Internet, the personal computer, the breakdown of the Soviet Union, and the, pacif- uh, the Pacific tsunami of December 2004 apparently qualify as black swan events. According to Taleb, the term is not, however, a catch-all term for anything bad that surprises us. Okay, so Taleb says these are black swan events. September 11, 2001. Totally unpredictable. Nothing in the past tells us about this. In the past, planes have flown into the uh, Empire State Building. So we have reason to expect planes could fly into tall buildings. In the past, terrorists attacked the World Trade Center. The same terrorist who attacked the World Trade Center said he was going to keep trying to get to us. What makes you think that you couldn't predict an attack on the Twin Trade Towers? By Taleb's definition, Charlie, just, just, just put your microphone on. If the definition is of a black swan event that nothing, and that we read it, his definition says nothing in our past experience could predict it. Why does the same guy who coined the definition then say that September 11th is a black swan attack? That was totally predictable, wasn't it? Yeah, with that. I in general right sense, there, yeah. yes. Yeah. Okay, so why is this a black swan when we were just told it doesn't fit the definition? <laughs> the rise because, of the internet? Because that, they want you to think that. Exactly. But the rise of the internet? Has it before the internet happened? Has anybody ever seen where you could ask a computer anything and you get an answer? Let me see, let me try to do my best Scotty interpretation. Computer. Anybody see Star Trek in the sixties? One of the first computer programs was Eliza. Yeah. So to tell me that we couldn't see the 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 internet being no that that was totally predictable. How can we not see the personal computer coming along? That was totally predictable. The breakdown of the Soviet Union, anybody who understands communism knew that was coming. It had to fail. A Pacific tsunami was not foreseeable. 
Charlie, has there ever been a tsunami before 2004? Uh, yeah, lots of them. So another tsunami in the future is totally predictable, isn't it? Sure. You just don't know when and where. So how does this guy's definition jive with y'all see why I said that his definition was fallacious. This whole thing is meant to be a piece of propaganda. It's predictive programming. His book that he wrote, this, this black swan thing, this is predictive programming folks. The quote, they is telling you that they're planning something for you. That's what this article is meant to get you ready for. Did we have any black swan predictions before COVID Charlie? You remember the, the event 201? Con, uh, convention. Oh yeah. Did Fauci tell us we were going to have a pandemic all the way back in 2017? He did. So how were how was the pandemic or anything? How was that not? See, because then the next thing is, for instance, the statisticians told the New Yorker that COVID nineteen pandemic was not a black swan event because it was wholly predictable. Well, so were these other things. So how can those predictable things? be black swans, according to the guy who coined the term, the definition, coined the definition, and then COVID's not. Y'all see the problem I have with this article? What they're telling you is garbledygook, and that is an indication of a psyop right here. This has got all the earmarks. Charlie, you've got a little experience with psyops. Do you see what I'm seeing? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> this has got the earmarks of a deliberate planned psyop. So why would this bother me then? If she's telling me we're going to have a black swan event in 2024, right about the time that I start getting the stories about January 6th again and anti-democracy and we're in the middle of Russia saying they're going to nuke us. No reason whatsoever for me to start thinking there's something hinky in the works, is there? No, no, not at all. Nothing to see here. Yeah, not move along. You're ahead of the class. Less oh, sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. I appreciate that. Another puzzle piece, folks. After the story about the black swan, right? When is it terrorism? I'm serious. When is it terrorism? Do we remember what the definition of terrorism is? The use of fear to achieve a political agenda, correct? Roughly. Yeah, right? What about this? The Washington Times. The DOJ to target nonviolent January 6th protesters who did not enter the Capitol. Well, by definition, did they conduct, by the left's definition, excuse me, according to the democratic definition of the insurrection, did they, did they conduct an insurrection? No, you had to have stormed to the Capitol. Otherwise, you're just standing around outside. I'm, I'm not going to bother reading this. This has this been everywhere. But they're going to start arresting those who were just there. Well, you know what? I'm going to say something that's going to surprise the snot out of you before I actually give you some serious in, you know, anal an analysis of this. I agree. Let's arrest people who were just there, who were not part of the insurrection. Let's start with every Democrat that was in Congress. They were there, and they were actually in the building. So let's arrest them too. Well, Joe, they weren't part. Yes, they were. You're arresting people just because they were there. And that's what the story says. They're it, 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 peaceful people that just because you were there, I'm going to arrest you. You were exercising your First Amendment right to protest the government, and I'm going to arrest you just because you were there. I want the entire, I want both. 
anybody that was in the Congress or the Senate on January 6th, I want them arrested. They were there. I want them charged with sedition. So they can't hold their office. Let the governors reappoint new replacements. Let's do it. I'm all for this. Let's get on it. See, that's not what this is about. This is about terrorism. If you exercise your First Amendment right to protest, I'm going to put you in jail if I don't like what you're doing. That's exactly what this is. This is exactly how tyrannical and despotic regimes treat their citizens while they're screaming democracy. Do you understand the only difference between us and Venezuela right now is a matter of degree? Our inflation isn't as high as theirs, but we have it. Our tyranny isn't as extreme as theirs, but we have it. Our economic collapse isn't as extreme as theirs, but we have it, and we're getting there. We're picking up speed. In fact, they may be going in the opposite direction because they've got some leadership now that's starting to turn things around if they keep going that way. Which is probably why the West just sent a bunch of warships to sit off the coast of Venezuela to help protect the communist leadership's stranglehold. Remember, it was a glorious uh, revolution, according to Obama's people. The communist revolution. Form and function. If it walks and quacks, talks, poops, swims like a communist, it's a commie. The Democratic Party of the United States of America is communist. And guess what? I have said it before. I'll say it again. The Republican Party is part of the Democratic Party because they're both the deep state party. Two parties, one party pretending to be two, just like Carol Quigley told us. And that's why the Republicans always end up supporting the Democratic agenda, the Republican Party. So if you're a Republican rank and file and you think you're voting your way out of this, I have some beautiful oceanfront property on the moon to sell you. Cheap. Penny an acre. I'm selling it in one one million acre lots. How many do you want? Hmm? No takers? I wonder why. Next story. Let's see what we got here. Washington Post publishes tired hit piece on the Gateway Pundit. This one we need to read a little bit of. Okay, this is January 6, 2024 by Jim Holt. No, Jim Hoft, sorry. The Washington Post published its latest hit piece on the Gateway Pundit this week. The uh, the report featured our uh, stellar reporting on the Michigan GBI strategies voter registration harvesting scandal. And they've the Gateway Pundit's been doing good reporting on this. And of course, the article was short on facts and heaped full of fake news and outright fabrications. What we've all come to expect from the WAPO, Washington Post, in the past several years. That's what they expected. After all, this is the same publication that was awarded a Pulitzer for their completely fraudulent reporting on President Trump being Putin's puppet. Yeah, the newspaper knew that the the Steele dossier was fake. Everybody knew. We know that now. From tips that were provided by the deep state comrades in an attempt to impeach President Trump and sully his name. 
The WAPO has yet to show any integrity and return its undeserved Pulitzer Prize back to the committee. In this latest hit piece, the WAPO journalist Sarah Ellison serves her left-wing masters and attempts to rip apart our stellar reporting on the Michigan GBI strategy's voter registration harvest scandal. Now, that's loaded language when you call yourself stellar reporting. They should have just said accurate reporting, and that would have been better. Sarah Ellison forgets to mention in her shoddy report, that's loaded language, that the Gateway Pundit based our reporting on a three-year-old Michigan police report that was buried and ignored by state media for years until the Gateway Pundit reported this to our national audience. This is where we start getting good. This is true. And they link you to it. And then it says, Sarah Ellison also forgot to mention that the police in Michigan stand by their original report over 10,000 fraudulent and suspect registrations that were turned into the Muskegon clerks, just that county alone. That would have been enough to throw the election in the favor in Michigan in the favor of Trump, which would have cost Biden the election. And the police stand behind this. Do not tell me there's no evidence of election fraud. That's what the police turned in to the DA, who is a Soros operative. And now you know uh, the state attorney general did not prosecute. Now you know why. And you can get the report right there. Links it to it. Sarah Ellison also forgot to mention that the Gateway Pundit reported proof, proof that the GBI strategies was turning these uh, registrations into numerous offices around the state. In other words, the proof of voter fraud was turned in to the authorities. Says we will draw fraudulent details of all the WAPO hit pieces. We'll 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 re- reveal them. We'll dive into them in coming Gateway Pundit reports. He says, in our first read of this target hit piece against the Gateway Pundit, Sarah did not make very clear the conservative Americans do not report on Democrat-linked left-wing election fraud and regular irregularities, and there will be consequences. Let me reread that. She's making it very clear to conservatives. Do not report on what the Democrats are doing or there'll be consequences. That was very clear in her report. Here's an excerpt from her report. Some right-wing outlets such as Fox. Fox is owned and operated by lefties. How is it right-wing? It even even puts out left-wing articles now. How's it right-wing? Anyhow, some right-wing outlets such as Fox's smaller cable news rival Newsmax have pulled back from election-related conspiracy theories in the face of lawsuits and threats of legal consequences. Yes, that right there is public-private partnership. Their funding was threatened, so they caved, which means they're not news. Journalists go to jail to protect their sources, right? News organizations take the hit to stay. There's no, there are no principles in journalism anymore is what they're saying. Well, then those aren't journalistic sources. Those are propaganda mills. And she even said, face of lawsuits and threats of legal consequences. Who do you think's funding those lawsuits? The American left. If you're being told to shut up because you're, what are those people reporting on? If they told something false, they'd file the suits. That's not what a lot of this has done. A lot of this is frivolous lawsuits that never win except in the case of Dominion, in which case Dominion won against Rudy Giuliani and others because they were not allowed to put on their defense. They were denied the right of discovery, which means that that, those cases should have been overthrown on appeal. But that's a whole other show. 
this this piece from Sarah continues. This is, but through it all, Gateway Pundit has continued trumpeting disproven election fraud stories, even as it faces defamation suits over its coverage of the 2020 elections. Disproven? The Michigan police have given you the evidence that it happened. The Gateway Pundit reports on what the Michigan police have reported and handed over to the proper authorities, and that's disproven. Claiming it is disproven by the government-controlled media does not make it fact. But if I tell that lie big enough, often enough, sooner or later the people believe Sarah Palin said she could see Russia from her back door. What we see right here is exactly what Hitler and Goebbels said. Just tell that lie over and over again and you'll be okay. And it works, which is why they do it. It says, it has also taken its own legal action against fact checkers, disinformation researchers, and story subjects while pressing in court to make it harder for social media companies to crack down on misinformation. Fact checkers, we've already shown, they have admitted in court that the fact checkers are nothing more than left-wing propaganda opinion pieces. They're editorialists. Facebook had to admit it. It's been proven in many other cases. This is a piece of propaganda. Gateway Pundit is correct. It says, Gateway Pundit's editorial continues. Did you catch that? Under the new democratic rules of the left, if you challenge any fraud, irregularities, criminal actions, missing ballots, machine malfunctions, fraudulent voter rolls, late night ballot drops, et cetera, et cetera, all of these are illegal, you will face consequences, just as America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani did. So what is that? That's corporate and government terrorism. If you don't sit down and shut up and let us do what we want to do, we will destroy you, put you in jail, take away your money. We'll just cancel you. Charlie, if form and function define, how am I not supposed to define that as terrorism? Sounds like a duck to me. Meets the definition. And if your government is conducting terrorism against you, wouldn't the founding fathers say that they're at war with you? Yeah, that would be what's called tyranny, wouldn't it? Yes. Then Biden's right about one thing. If Americans are going to cling to the founding father's ideal, I hate to say this, but the Jefferson option is now on the table. So let me ask you. Where are the righteous leaders that are going to lead us into resistance against this tyranny the way the founding fathers did? Good luck with that one, unfortunately. Remember, before they started with the Declaration of Independence, it was a three-hour prayer. And the Declaration of Independence ends with an appeal to the judge of the universe for their uh, judgment on the righteousness of their cause. Where? is the religious foundation of our resistance in this nation today. If you don't find it, you do not have a biblically legal offense against this government. In fact, scripture would say you've been given this government because it's the government you deserve now as a people, as a people. There'll always be a faithful remnant. So I'm not necessarily accusing any of our classmates. Y'all should know that by now. So I got another firefly here after this story. In politics, nothing happens by accident. If it happens, you can bet it was planned that way. Franklin Delano Roosevelt. 
So if I'm being attacked by the government and by the government's media and corporate partners, public-private partnership, and they're terrorizing me to shut up when I see them doing corrupt things, Am I supp- and I'm being told there's a black swan event coming. Right on the heels of being told that Trump is represents a threat to our democracy, to the America. Do y'all not see the crisis, the, the signs of crisis, the next crisis, whatever it may be, on the horizon? How can that black swan event not be predicted when they're telling us right out in front of our face that they're gonna they're gonna create it? They need it, they'll give it to us. Does anybody remember the show that we covered where the royal family in England was talking about, well, when do we release the next variant of this virus? When do we release it? That was in their emails that was leaked by a whistleblower. And it was in con- it was in the context of, look what the last one led us to get away with. When do we release the second one? You really think? If you've been with this class any length of time, you really think that they're not planning the next event? They're telling you they are. Right out in the open. Got another puzzle piece for you, folks. This one might not seem to make any sense to you. It's connected. It is. I promise I'll connect the dots. But NASA launches spacecraft to intercept asteroid known as God of Chaos as it passes uncomfortably close to Earth. Is Is this Loki? Have we found Loki? Okay, anyhow, a very interesting space mission. This is on the Babylon B. I mean, not the B, excuse me, not the B. Their news source, not the B. Edward Teach, uh, December 27th, 2023. Very interesting space mission that is at the same time kind of frightening. A NASA spacecraft that recently returned from deep space has been relaunched for a mission to study the God of Chaos asteroid as it begins to near Earth's orbit. The agency's spacecraft OSIRIS-REx, now named OSIRIS-APEX, has been set off to study the asteroid Apophis extremely close flyby on Earth in 2029, the likes of which hasn't happened since the dawn of recorded history, NASA announced. Let's stop real quick. I don't know if y'all recognize what's going on here. The god of chaos. Okay. The, The space agency's spacecraft was originally named (laughs) Osiris-Rex. Does anybody know what Osiris's name is of? It's an Egyptian god. Does anybody know what Rex means? God. Uh, Osiris God is being sent out to the god of chaos. (laughs) Yeah, I know. We renamed it. Yes, I get it. I understand. So we renamed it Osiris, who's already been told we're a god, Apex. Highest God. Does anybody? Yeah, I know this means nothing. Charlie, do you, do you understand why this caught my attention? You can't make this crap up. Is this return of the God stuff or what? Oh, yeah. In our face, right? Right there. Okay. Folks, I have, I, this is all I want to read of this story for the moment. I, I cannot explain to you. I think Charlie's already tracking with me on this. You're going to go out to the God of chaos and you're sending a spaceship that was formerly told Osiris God, then renamed Osiris highest apex, highest point. So of the highest God, (laughs) Yu-Gi-Oh PTSD flashbacks. Yeah. That's common on the board. So 
that's as high as I want. That's as far as I want to go with with this, right? Because Firefly, y'all remember this? Carol Rosen and Werner von Braun. This is the enemy. Remember Werner von Braun, head of NASA. He's also a Nazi scientist. He invented the V two. Says the enemy at first. He said von Braun said the enemy against whom we're going to build a space-based weapon system. And he was being sarcastic. He's being snarky. First, the Russians are going to be considered the enemy. Has Russia been the enemy? Yep, I grew up with the bear. Okay, check. Then terrorists would be identified as those soon to follow. Okay, in the 90s. Terrorism actually started in the 70s and then really came to this country in the 90s. So, yep, check. Then we're going to identify third world crazies we now call nations of concern. Iran, Korea, check. The next enemy was asteroids, god of chaos, Apophis. And against asteroids, we're going to build a space-based weapons. He's, he's laughing at that, like, yeah, right. What are you going to defend yourself against asteroids with space-based weapons for? In other words, we're going to arm space, which we've already done. We're going to weaponize space. We've already done it. Remember, we've got space command. There's no need to have a space command unless you've actually got troops in space because the United States Air Force was capable of doing that. Okay. It says, and then the funniest one of all, this is Rosen warning us about what, what Von Braun was telling her in his later years, was against what he called aliens, extraterrestrials. That would be the final card, he said. And over and over and over during the four years that I knew him and was go- giving his speeches for him because he had cancer, he would bring up the last card. And he said, and remember, Carol, the last card is the alien card. We're going to have to build space-based weapons against aliens. And all of it, he said, is a lie. All of it. Puzzle piece. Did you see this story in the news? Alien invasion. Social media theory catches fire after massive police presence spotted at Miami Mall. This is by Ken Q, the Western journalist, January 5th, 2024. A bizarre theory about aliens has emerged after aerial images of huge police presence were reported in Miami. Footages of dozens of police vehicles made the rounds on social media on Monday evening, sparking speculations about what kind of incident could have led to such a response. Conservative commentators, including Matt Walsh, Jack Parsberic, whatever, DC Drano, all weighed in with their personal takes and theories. This is a, uh, this is Matt Walsh. This is the, the, catch of what's going on there on Twitter or X or whatever you go down through here. And these are all just, I, I don't know if you've seen this, but you're going to find that some of these show what looks like, I don't know, some sort of shadowy image or alien picture. It looks like an alien. Now, if you research into this incident, these reports, they're going to show you pictures and there's people who claim to be there all over the internet. Now, I'm very, I've got a tough time with this stuff. This is so easy to fake us. This could, this could all be part of the hoax, which, hold on to that. But there are people claiming that this wasn't a shootout amongst you kids, and they, they you know, some stories say it was just fireworks. That This wasn't a shootout. I've seen videos of people shooting guns into the air that looks like it was down in Ybor City or wherever the heck this happened at, or Miami, or whatever it was. So I've seen videos that look like exactly what was reported. I've also seen videos that make it look like there was some weird looking creatures, bipedal, two-legged creatures, seven, eight, nine foot tall walking around. And the people there report that the police were shooting at them and had no effect. 
and that these things were letting out high-pitched whines and screeches and that they weren't really walking. They were just kind of like teleporting from one place to another, just here to there to there. Look into it if you want to. I don't care if it's real or not. That's not what I'm seeing. You know what I'm seeing? Werner von Braun, aliens will be the final card. With AI, I can I can take a normal, a whole bunch of police report responded to a gangster shootout and turn it into its aliens. I can do this easy. And people will believe it. So you see, I'm not one of these conspiracy kooks that believes everything I see. Even though there may actually be something to it. I don't know. I can't know. And I don't care. That's not what I'm looking at. I'm looking at this. I'm being told everywhere there's aliens everywhere around. And in the 70s, this man, Werner von Braun, who is in pictures in JFK's car just a day or two before JFK was assassinated, there are pictures of him in the convertible open top sitting right next to him in the back seat. This man, Werner von Braun, right here, he was he ran in the circles and he had the clearance to know what the heck he's talking about. And he told us this was all a lie meant to take over the world. So what is our next black swan event? Maybe it's going to be a president. We're going to see the aliens come. But that's all right, folks. None of what I've shown you today is important. Nothing to see here. Move along. Nothing going on here. None of this is connected. Oh, this is Manic Monday, right? We got another puzzle piece. Let's see what this puzzle piece says. Oh, this is from Charisma News. Oh, it's a Christian piece. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can throw this away. Just we don't have to pay attention to this. 14 must know facts about the great American eclipse in 2024. Let's just scroll down to see. It's a total solar eclipse that will occur on April 8th. It's about two weeks before Passover, Charlie. The path of the eclipse will travel through portions of the states of Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Missouri, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. (laughs) The path of the eclipse will also travel through parts of Mexico and Canada. Well, these are very interesting facts. We can see the danger right here already, can't we? It's being projected that this eclipse will be the most viewed astronomical event in the entire history of our country. That actually is important. Read that again. It's being predicted that this eclipse will be the most viewed astronomical event in the entire history of our country. It's a solar eclipse. So we got the it's a moon and sun together. But eclipses, they talk to the world because the moon and the sun are both there present. According to the Washington Post, more than 30 million Americans will s- simply be able to walk outside their homes and experience this eclipse. It's going to be the most popular populated eclipse in the U.S. with 31.5 million people able to just walk outside and do it. We're being told that this eclipse may be the highest or the biggest mass travel event. People are going to travel so they can see it. Number seven, those that are in the direct path of the eclipse will discover that the air temperature suddenly becomes approximately 10 degrees cooler. The path of the great American eclipse of 2024 will cross the United States on the very first day that the year of the Hebrew calendar. Oh, now we're getting somewhere. Charlie, you might want to just turn your mic on. Feel free to butt in. (laughs) If you put the path of the great American eclipse in 2024, the path of the ring of fire solar eclipse of October 14th, 2023, 
and the path of the great American eclipse of 2017, all on one map, they form a giant Paleo-Hebrew Aleph over America. That's an Aleph, isn't it? Actually, Tav, isn't no, it? No, 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 no. Hold on, Charlie. That picture right here. Oh, we're not doing it. Hold yeah, on, yeah, hold on, hold you're, on. You're, I've been I've been scribing. My bad. My bad. Right there. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. I'm All sorry. Right. All right. There's that picture. What is that picture of? Yeah. That's a Paleo Hilo Aleph, isn't it? I can see it. It's Close, just, it's turned on it. It's upside down. Yeah. If I turn that 90 degrees to the left, I'd have an Aleph. Kind of. I didn't bring the Aleph up. If you All want, right. we can find that picture. Yeah. But the next thing I wanted to show you all, because this story, Fireflies, Wikipedia.org, the heartland, when referring to a cultural region of the United States, is the central land area of the country, usually the Midwestern United States of the state, states that do not border the Atlantic or Pacific Oceans. Associated with mainstream traditional values, such as economic self-sufficiency, conservative political religious ideals, this is all Ephraim stuff, and rootedness in the agrarian lifestyle. So why would the agrarian lifestyle talk to me at all here when we're talking about an Aleph and a Tav and Hebrew stuff? Why, why, why does that come up to me, Charlie? Got any idea? Well, because uh, most of the Hebraic cultures were rooted in agrarian life and all the feasts of Yahweh are associated yeah. with agri agrarian uh, events. Well, that's the heartland. According to that definition, I put that yellow dot there. Hold on to that yellow dot for a minute. There's the Aleph. I found that real quick. Aleph, right? Okay. And then, like I told you, roughly, you, you can see that the two horns that line across the middle and then the, the V, right? Okay, roughly, just turned at a different angle. So Paleo-Hebrew Aleph, right? And then we're going to have the heartland here. Now, here's the really cute part. If I take just the two other solar eclipses of August 21st, 2017, and April 8th, 2024, what is that? That's a Tav, is it not? Yes. So I have the Aleph and the Tav, right? What's the Aleph and the Tav? I am the Alpha and the Omega. Yep. I am the Aleph and the Tav. Yep. That's another way of saying what? I'm the strong promise. Right over the heartland of America. Did y'all see where that cross is? Where, where it crosses? Remember that dot right there? Roughly the center of that heartland? Right there? None of this should be bothering any of us, right? None, none of this is talking to us? No. What's that right there, Charlie? Want to explain everybody what's going on there? <laughs> I'll let yeah. you do this. Folks, just so that you see, I'm not crazy. Didn't Charlie didn't know any about this. He's getting caught flat-footed. Aren't you, Charlie? Actually not. Because yeah, but I mean, I didn't I didn't tell you you were going to have to do this today, did I? This was my Hebrew uh, assignment for this last week, was this chapter in, <laughs> in the scriptures. Um, Explain to the audience what's going on here, please. Because this is, uh, <clears throat> is Yaakov, uh, uh, Yisrael, and... Uh, Joseph and Ephraim and Manasseh, and uh, quite an interesting story because uh, as Joseph brought his boys to his father to be blessed before he died, 
uh, he, you know, intentionally brought them to him in such a manner that the firstborn, Man, um, um, Manasseh, Manasseh, mm-hmm. um, that would be the would, young boy with be, his back to us, would be uh, to Israel's right hand, mm-hmm. and Ephraim. That would be the young boy facing us with the blonde curly because Manasseh was the firstborn Mm -hmm. in birth order. And then as, as Israel placed his or stretched his hands out to uh, put them on the heads of the boys, he crossed his hands and placed them on the head. Now this, this kind of upset Joseph and, and it says he, he thought it was evil in his eyes, is is the Hebrew idiom. Yep. So this was a great, uh, a great. This was unrighteousness. Yes, th- this was not. This right. is a violation of the inheritance it, of yeah, the birthrights. It, it, yeah, it's a violation of, of of the covenants and birthrights that, mm-hmm. that were their tradition. And it's interesting, you know. He even physically tried to move the hands mm-hmm. of his father, and his father looked at him and said. I know Joseph, I know. But he too, speaking of Man- Manasseh, uh, will also become a great nation, but he will serve the younger. And the younger will be stronger and greater than he. And then he proceeded to bless them. Uh, and as you see this this crossing here, and you've got it up here with the, with the sign, he was making the sign of the Tav when he did this. Now, in Paleo-Hebrew, do you remember what the Tav means? In, in Paleo-Hebrew, well... It's got a symbolic meaning. You know what it is? Well, strong promise. Uh, well, well, yeah, oh, yes. Covenant. Yes, yeah, yeah, strong it's a covenant, sign of the covenant, promise, which yes, is right. why people used to sign with an X. That's where yes. that comes from. Oh, yes. You would sign with an X because that's your promise. Yes. It's your oath. And when he did this, he put the inheritance on Ephraim. He did. So, and it says Ephraim will be a company of nations. In the Hebrew, it says something else. In the Hebrew, it says fullness of the Gentiles. Now, where do we hear that phrase in Scripture? Romans 11? Yes. Because this here story is Genesis 48. I don't think it's got anything at all to do with this, do you? No, no, there's there's nothing nothing here. It's mere coincidence. So there's no reason for us to do the math. Because if we did the math, that velocity vector might aim somewhere like this. <laughs> are you ready for battle, folks? Because you are in a spiritual war, whether you want to admit it, accept it, or not. How's that one work for y'all out there, boys and girls? Thank you, Charlie. Oh, anything else you want to add to that? Well, I mean, don't forget we had one of those celestial events on September 17th. September 11th, was it? Well, that's what I was just about to say is that, that the heavens are screaming at us right now. If you have the tetrads eyes to see and ears to hear, uh, there is no doubt in my mind that we are in we're in, in a, a last days i mean the final i believe that too hours you know how long it's gonna be i can't i don't know you know it it could still be you know a couple decades away i don't know well we're not in the latter days you would be in what's known as the end times yes end time the the very last part yeah we're in the end times 
and Daniel tells us about. And as you see all these things happening, you know, it, it's just as the scriptures say. I mean, it, it they're they're birth pains and they're coming in more frequency and more intensity. And is the sun not going to turn to sackcloth when this on on the eighth, April eighth, when we have a total eclipse? Is yes. the sun not sackcloth? Yeah, the sun will be darkened. And have moon, we not had tetrads on high holy days? Blood. That's mean, blood. It, it has, it, it, these signs have been. Have the heavens. sign of the Son of Man not been in the sky it over Jerusalem? Been, it has been there. September 2017. And, that, and that's, I don't know if people realize how significant that is. That was those, right at the same time Trump was recognizing Jerusalem as the capital yes, of Israel. It was. And these th that particular event has happened twice and will not happen again for many, many millennia. Six, 7,000 years, six, something like yeah, that. Yeah, right, right around six, seven. What happened the last years. time it happened? Uh, the birth of Messiah. The birth of the Messiah. Now, so, all of these events were set into motion at the dawn of time. And this is coincidence? <laughs> coincidence. How many coincidences before it's not a coincidence? Yeah, there, there's that thing, what do you call it, Occam's razor? Yeah. <laughs> you apply that to this. How, how can you not see the hand of Yahweh? I, I don't I don't get it. I, I don't get it either, Charlie. I, I don't understand. How do we not see the hand of the, the creator, the maker? It, all of these things that are going on in both what we would think of as the secular world, the not, but which scripturally, that's the non-believing world. Secular is a bad way to put it in the non-believing world and the believing world. And with what's going on in the world, there's a dividing line. And the teams are starting to shape up very nicely. There's no middle ground yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it, there's a chasm between the, the two sides. I mean, we are in the days of Noah. You've got a group of people that make yes. up the laws for themselves as they go along. And then you've got a group that are pointing to the creator, his way. You say, well, okay, Joe, well, Mormons got the, you know, they're pointing at, no, they're not. They're pointing at a, a false God. I'm sorry. I just, is Muslims too. So that's, that's a false belief system and they can all be disproven objectively. You cannot disprove the Bible. That's not possible. Not if you do it on its own terms. I, I, anybody who thinks they can, I'll put you on the show. Come on. Come on, you better it. bring your A game. I'm not afraid of this. But I will take great glee on helping you out with that one. <laughs> so if I'm any good at teaching scripture, you ought to be around me when my A game on apologetics is in gear. Because that's where I started. Coming on the board from Julia Larson is this just because people have eyes to see and ears to hear mean that they can actually see or know how to listen. That's true. That doesn't mean that at all. I get that. That's why Yeshua said, if you have ears to hear, it doesn't mean you have ears. He knew you could hear him. But he says, if you have ears to hear the truth, eyes to see it. What you found today, folks, if you're with us at any length of time, the audience today, today's one of those days with why I have to look at the world with a biblical worldview. I, all these stories, I could have written, I, I could have sketched you an outline three, four, five years ago. I said, okay, there's going to come a day where I'm going to have stories similar to this that I can put in line. And here we are. You say, well, Joe, no, you couldn't. Yeah. Go to the Rio Norte line. It's about sometime back in 2012. 
I posted a post in there about how America was traveling the same road of Nazi Germany in the 1920s. And I got myself in trouble with the host and with the audience on that, that blog page. And they asked me to relocate myself. I have shared that on the road to Concord. You can find the link to that show. When you, I mean, to that story, when you go back and read that blog post, I might as well have been a prophet. I'm not. I just know human history and human nature. And I know the scriptures and the nature of the enemy. And I did the math. And poop, there we go. The velocity vector said, this is where we're heading and this is what we're doing. And I got there just like that. Wrote the post, got yelled at. You can do the same thing comparing us to the Roman Empire. We're following yep. the same same path. Yep. So I mean plenty of just, people have made that comparison. Back, just look back at history and you know so it's not that hard. Wake up, folks. Please. We talked about Venezuela earlier in the show. We're we're following the same path. Mm-hmm. It's very predictable. So so when that guy said in the Black Swan event, the fall of Russia couldn't be predicted. Yeah, it could have. Easily predictable. I mean, that's like saying, well, I'm a Marxist economist. And then you go, oh, cool. I'm a flat earth physicist. You know, because now we're talking, the point being that neither of them are real. If if you were a good economist, you wouldn't be a Marxist. Because you would know that it has to fail. Has to. So everything that, just like the, 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 uh, the flood of illegal aliens. That's in scripture. We've covered that in recent days. That's Satan trying to wash away Yahweh's people with a flood of non-believers, apostates and non-believers. Everything, everything. Mm. And that follows along with what brought down the Roman Empire. Same kind of thing basically is happening. Julie Larson, let's put this comment up here. I'm going to correct you just a touch, Miss Larson. All great human nations fail. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. The nation of Yahweh will not. It will become a mountain that spreads throughout the entire world. I know you know that, Julie. I was just picking on you. <laughs> All right. We got anything else to add, Charlie? If not, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I think that, that was good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, folks. We hope we've been of some use and value to you today. Um, hopefully you had fun with our stories. And uh, I almost let Dr. Evil do the show today, but I decided not to. Um, I figured it was, for some of us, it was going to be bad enough. <laughs> those who have those ears to hear and eyes to see are probably like, oh, great. Well, you know what? If you're a believer, this should be good for you. It lets you know he's nigh at the door. <laughs> So we love each and every one of you. Hope we serve you. If we can serve you better, please send an email, joe at the road to concord.com. I read them right away. I am slow at responding to them. Half the time it's because I'm actually trying to put some thought into your answer, but I will get to you. I promise everybody that's done that, that needed an answer can tell you, I will answer you. I'll get to it. I am a busy little cookie. We do appreciate you being here. If you like what we're doing, please hit the thumbs up buttons. Whatever venue you're watching on, that talks to Charlie and Natasha, sometimes to me, but it lets them know that you appreciate their help and everything as well. I don't care how the rest of the world sees it. Here on this show, those thumbs up buttons are talking to the people who put their time and effort in here for free. Charlie and Natasha don't get paid. They donate to do this. Um, Hey, I appreciate them. 
this, this show would be a lot poorer without them. So you can at least let them know. If you do like what we're doing, we still need a little bit of help. Go to the donate button. You know, we call it the donut button. We put the links everywhere in the, you know, in the description and all. It, what we ask is $5 a month reoccurring donation. It would be a big help. I know everybody in the world asks you for money nowadays. But we don't have advertisers. And we're not getting paid by Rumble. And we're not going to ever be monetized by Facebook or YouTube. Not with what we're doing. So we're here because a handful of you, we would, we would no longer be on the air. We're past the point where my money and savings was exhausted. We'd no longer be on the air if it weren't for a handful of your classmates. And I'm going to talk to Charlie somehow or another. We have to find a way to acknowledge these folks and thank them without outing them. Don't want to take their blessing away. So we'll get there. Might just give them all a number. Donator one, two, three, four, five, whatever. <laughs> and we'll let them know who they are. But um, we, we've got to find some way to do this just to say thanks. But otherwise, until that happens, if you, you know who you are, we do thank you. If you like what we're doing, please share the show. Do it directly. If all you do is click share to Facebook, some folks will see it, but not many. We get filtered. Send the link directly to whoever it is you want. Pick the show that you want that, that person to watch. Ask them to give the show some time. It builds on itself. Got to go, you know, couple in a row excuse me one of those that's that season again folks um and then yeah explain to them about me you know the black you know wasabi black coffee like we like to you know with habanero sauce if you've never heard me say it before i like to explain people as a cross between gregory house and sheldon cooper and if you know me it kind of works <laughs> tomorrow's teaching tuesday We've been told not to study for ourselves. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over how to study for yourself. I've, I've done this in a, in a Sabbath study class one time, ta taught my students how to do better scholarship for themselves. Tomorrow, we're going to teach you how to do better scholarship for yourself so you can be more assured of being productive with the time you have to spend on doing your own research. And maybe, maybe... Find a way to encourage you to do more of it. Make it fun. And then Wednesday, no idea. Nothing else comes up. I'll share with you my research into the Holy Spirit and the Trinity. But we'll see. I just follow the bouncing spirit. He tells me what he wants me to do when it's time to do it. And I don't worry about it anymore. And it's amazing how when I let go of the wheel and I look back on what we do every week, they all seem to stitch together. The weeks. The days of the week stitched together into one week show and the weeks of the month and the months and the year. And it all seems to be clicking together. Yes, Aaron, the feasts, we will be covering that. And that will be a heavy Charlie show that day. And it may even be, we switch places and I run the board and let Charlie teach that class because he's better equipped to do that. And I do not purport to teach when I know that there is a better teacher for that subject available. I have no problem stepping aside. This is not the Joe show. It's the road to Concord. The road to individual rights and liberty under man's self-guidance. According to the King of Kings ways of doing it. And yes, the founders did invoke his name on the signing of the Declaration of Independence. Samuel Adams says, today we have started the Protestant rule, the, the rule of Protestant theocracy. In other words, let the Bible rule. 
And with that, we'll see you tomorrow. Love you. Bye.